Matthew, the uh, eighth chapter is where we're going to pull our text from, the uh, fifth verse tonight with a message entitled, The Time is Now. I'm reminded of the story, it is not theologically correct, there's nothing scriptural about it, but a Baptist preacher and a Catholic priest and a charismatic minister all went to heaven. And when they got there, St. Peter said, your room's not ready, guys. So... Um, he said, let me see if I can find accommodations elsewhere. So he picked up the phone and called the devil. So you got any room down there? Just for a period of time for the Baptist preacher, the Catholic priest, and this charismatic preacher. Satan said, yes, yeah, send him on down. I told you it wasn't theologically correct, okay? <laughs> About two hours later, the devil called St. Peter and said, you got to come get these people. Get them out of here. I want them out now. He said, what's wrong? He said, well, the Baptist preacher is getting everybody saved. Catholic priest has forgiven everybody. But the worst of all is a charismatic preacher. He's raised enough money to put air conditioning down here. He said, it'll kill me. <laughs> Hopefully you'll have a good laugh midweek. Time is now. I've been moved more by the Holy Spirit to believe that God is more able to do what we ask Him to do and more poised for us to call upon Him to see supernatural things take place. I believe that that, uh, of course, relates to the dynamic of God's power that works in us. God's power does not work through a light switch or a building. His power works through people. Imagine that all the resources of God, he has the ability to use whatever he chooses. He can use circumstances. He can do that. Lest we get too pious, he has used a donkey before. And he can do it again. But the point is, if you think of all the resources God has, he said, I want to bestow and flow that through you as a born-again believer. Then you might begin to ask yourself, how many times have I shortchanged in my own life God's desire to flow through me? What is the enemy of that? What gets in the way? It's absolute unbelief. Unbelief, not maybe purposeful unbelief, but just casual. Eh, we don't think about it. We know that's true because how many times have we heard, well, all we can do now is pray. All we can do now is pray. The human nature will not let us believe and say, hey, what do you mean all we can do now? It's almost saying that praying is the last resort and a bit degrading. And faith is the catalyst that does this. Faith is the catalyst that brings God's power, God's resources, God's anointing to give power to the human need. And how important are we? The human is made of dirt, skin of shell of skin, 263 bones held together by 500 muscles, has six by 
four-inch heart that beats 100,800 times per day, uh, moves seven and three-quarter tons of blood in a 24-hour frame. And God's focus and attention is upon two, uh, you and I, and He says we are His most magnificent creation. Think about it. In this room is God's most magnificent creation. And the reality is, do you see it God's way? Do you have value in yourself and believe, wow, I'm created by the hand of God to be anointed by God, to be used by God? And God says, I desire to give you miracles. How many of you by a raised hand believe in miracles? May I see your hand? We believe it. We believe it. But here's what happens. You need to be a person that looks for miracles. That is to say, that was a miracle. I don't mean like some people do, chase miracles and I'm looking for, no, don't let anything get in the way of your pursuit of Almighty God. But look around you in your day-to-day life and say, boy, possibility, that's a miracle right there. There's sometimes it's clear cut that we know, buddy, that would not have happened had it not been the miracle of God. And so what we have to ask ourselves and what God is interested in as his followers, as his magnificent creation now, is this, what do you believe? What do we believe? We find the story in Matthew 8, 8, the centurion, Lord, I, I, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say, say the word and my servant will be healed. You see, that is an example of exercise faith. In Matthew's Gospel, the 8th and ninth chapter, there are 10 miracles recorded in the Scripture that Jesus performed. That Roman centurion, what did it mean? He's over 100 individuals. He is a military veteran, has 100 individuals under him, high-ranking soldier. He is a Gentile. He's a person that usually is pious because of his position. But here's what we know if we study deep in the Scripture. He is a believer. He is a follower of Christianity as we would know it, a follower of Jesus Christ. And he came to Jesus, and it shows his character, and it was this. He came to Jesus because one of his servants— Not one of his children, but one of his servants had a need. Why should I waste this effort? Why should I put myself out in the lane of embarrassment to reveal my faith as a Gentile, as a Roman soldier? Why should I put myself out here for a servant? Servants come and go. I can can just get rid of them at a moment, but he comes for that. He's sick. He's paralyzed. He's tormented by pain. There is no hope. There is no cure. And Jesus recognized in the heart of this centurion soldier, he recognized the effort that this man made in order to come to Jesus and to express to Jesus what his need was. What his need was. The soldier made this statement to Jesus. I'm unworthy that you should even come close. Not that my house is not clean. Not that my house is not big enough. I, I, I'm unworthy that you should come to my dwelling. And here is the demonstration of his faith. And that's the edge that I want to encourage us to say, God, can I walk on that edge of faith? If you just say the word, You just say the word, then my servant will be healed. And I want to push us toward 
as I told someone today, I want to encourage our congregation that when we, when we hear of people that are in need and they're in our presence, and we hear of someone that you say, well, that's a prayer opportunity there, uh, you say, hey, do you mind if we pray now? Do you mind? You know what you're just expressing? I don't want to wait on this need. I just heard the need. I don't want to carry the need. Here's what I want to do. I want to put it on the shoulders of the one who can do something about it. Do you mind? Do you mind? Let's, let's do that now. I was at lunch today, and a, a dear friend of mine, his business here in Lakeland, and uh, he, he was there, and he's always just, you know, just a cut-up guy and a great, great uh, Christian and believer. Goes to First Baptist Church there. Uh, the mall, and uh, and so he's waiting. I said, "Who are you waiting on?" I said, "Waiting on my wife." So he's talking away, and someone else is at lunch with me, and and he's talking because they know one another. And she came up, and I I got up and I hugged her neck, etc. He never moved or anything else, and I went to turn around and walk back, and she just reached. She grabbed her chair; it's on rollers to pull it out, and I I went over and grabbed the chair. I said, "Here, let me get this chair for you," and I I pulled the chair back. He said you're sorry. I said, you're the one that ought to be sorry. I said, you didn't even move. You didn't even flinch. You only been married 10 years. You ought to still be doing something special in that regard. He said, why did you do that? And the Lord gave me the answer. I said, I saw an opportunity. I saw an opportunity. And I took advantage of that opportunity. He said, here's my question. Why did you think it was an opportunity? I said, have an answer. Anything to make you look bad in front of her, I'd be more than willing to do. He said, oh, my Lord, have mercy. You know, just, just, here it is. I want to encourage you. Get this point right here. Begin to think opportunity. Begin to be quick to offer a prayer. Begin to seek God's face because here's what will happen when you do. And say, well, I'm going to be praying for you. And we've done that for years. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying as a result of this message, can we just turn the heat up a little bit? Because if we say, I'll be praying with you and for you, and we walk away, they may never know whether we prayed for them. They may never know that we took the time to remember it. But here's what they do remember, no matter where you're at. If you're discreet, you can be discreet and say, hey, let's just join. Let me pray with you now. And just whisper a prayer. Here's what they know now. Hey, I know they prayed for me. I heard that prayer. Do you have any idea how many times I have practiced that in my own life and I received a text or a phone call and said, well, that prayer meant so much to me. Who gets the glory for that? Almighty God does. If you say, let me pray about it and you walk away, who gets the glory? Who knows? Who knows? So ramp that up. The centurion put himself out there, and he said, I'm unworthy. If you say the word, what do you believe? Matthew 10, 1, here's what it says. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to do several things, to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. To drive out and heal every disease and every sickness. So you've got to ask yourself this question, do I believe that? Do I believe that authority comes to me 
as the creation of Almighty God? And we'll give you the answer to that in just a moment. It, it, it was the word that Jesus stood upon during his temptation. And in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written to the powers of darkness, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. When you speak his name, when you say in Jesus' name, when you say Jehovah, when you say God, you have just ramped up authority in your own life. In Jesus' name, I pray, God says, that's my authority right there. Then we believe God can move. 1 Peter 1.25, but the word of the Lord stands forever. If you believe it, say amen. Psalms 34.19, a righteous man may have many troubles. Oh, Lord. It's me again standing in the need of prayer. But the Lord delivers him from them. How many? Oh, well, you say, that's not true. Yeah, it is. All the troubles you got before you die might be stacked up, but when you die, they're all gone. Amen. You left them behind. I just, I say, all right, God, I believe that, right? You're either going to do it now or you're going to do it later. I choose to believe you're going to do it now by the grace of God. So, Lord Jesus, move. Psalms 41, 3, the Lord will sustain him on his sickbed and restore him from his bed of illness. In Romans 8, 28, Paul says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then we have James, who a prolific writer, more than what we would ever imagine. In James 5, verse 13, is, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Anyone happy, let him sing songs of praise. Anyone sick, call on the elders of the church, pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. You might say, I believe that, but that's not true. Because I know of times that the person died. Death is not our enemy. Death is our deliverer. And the threshold that we all will go through if the Lord tarries into the holy presence of God. Either way, I want you to know, hallelujah, he will make the sick person well. Amen. He will make the sick person well. Amen. If you get bent that God's got to answer every single prayer that you pray, and if he doesn't, you allow yourself to get crossways with God, you're going to be one miserable Christian. But if you pray and say, God, I believe that I can say in Jesus' name, and you hear me, and God, something else I want you to know, if that prayer never is answered, I'm still going to say in Jesus' name. You might be the only person on the planet that ushers the prayer, and God marks it down and said, one day, I'm going to answer that prayer by by my will and my divine touch. Come on, somebody. We have in our midst tonight the prayer to prayer to see God move in a majestic way in the lives of people that are struggling. I have two testimonies that I cannot give you because it would be premature. I want to be certain that I use them at the right time. But just this week, absolute miraculous prayers that took place so unbelievable you just wouldn't understand it i believe the word of god is in our mouth we speak it in our mouth we speak it 
that by faith we choose to believe it, we speak it, and then here's what we do. We exercise it. We exercise it. We speak and we believe and we exercise. When you say, I heard a need, I said, let's pray for that need, and then you give a word of encouragement, let's stand together that God will meet that need. This past Sunday night, God gave me just a word, a word for the church, for somebody, I shared that word. And when I did on Monday, that very thing came to pass in the life of a lady who said, when you said it, it resonated with me, and I had no idea what was about to happen in my life on Monday that had anything to do with what you said. But when I got the phone call, I then remembered what happened to me on Sunday night, and I had not been praying at that time for the miracle to take place. Number two, do you understand spiritual authority? Spiritual authority. Matthew 8, verse 9, for I myself am a man, am a man under authority. And all the men said, all the married men said, here you go. All the smart married men said, amen. amen. Man in authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes. That one come and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. The soldier understood spiritual authority. Not only material and practical authority in life itself, he gave his perspective, and he knew the line of authority. He went to Jesus. He commanded a soldier under his leadership, and he obeyed. And he tells one to come, and he comes, and he says to Jesus, If you speak the word of authority, the sickness will leave. If you speak it, Lord, if it's your will no devil in hell can stand in the way do you know that god answers prayer that we don't think he ought to answer in some people's lives do you know that unsaved people pray and because of god's gracious mercy and his grace he gives them the benefit of that grace and answers their prayer. And I've heard people say, well, bless God, if you're not a believer, God will never answer your prayer. That's not true. God doesn't have to answer. He doesn't have to answer an unbeliever's prayer. But that unbeliever is still God's creation. Still God's creation. If your kid, when they were small, disobeyed, you'd just starve them out. Just say, no meal for you for the next three weeks. No. Here's what happens. He gave that perspective. We had two powers and two authorities. One is God's authority and Satan's authority. If you write, find Paul's writings in Thessalon uh, Thess uh, Thessalonians, you'll find that the enemy performs miracles. Satan himself. 
He performs miracles. So that's, that's why I get a little nervous when people start chasing miracles. And if you're super, nothing wrong with miracles. I'm not chasing miracles. I'm chasing the miracle worker, amen? And you can know the difference between a miracle from God and the miracle from en- enemy by who gets the glory. It's almighty God. The scripture says that God's desire is to bless us. So I think he's seated there according to the word. Every good and perfect gift, James 1.17, is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Sickness and disease we know are a part of Satan and the influence of sin that Satan performs. We know that. But listen. The antidote to stopping Satan in his tracks is in this room. The antidote to challenge the enemy and say, I don't believe that. I don't accept that. I don't at all. I claim the healing power of Jesus Christ. I believe God will intervene. I can look at some of you now that I've walked through challenges with numerous times, and I have watched God in a marvelous way bring you through when all the world was saying to you, no hope, this is it, just slow down, give up, and die. It was Jesus in Luke 4, 18. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the good news, and he sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners of recovery for the sight of the blind and to release oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Who now carries that message? We do. And if we have to believe, we should believe that we are the carriers of that message. And Jesus was here on earth. He said, I have power over all disease and every circumstance. And he said he was God in the flesh and knew no sin. And when he died, he was resurrected. And in that moment, he broke the power of sin, broke the power of death. And then he gave us that power and that authority. And he says in John 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who has the faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, but I'm at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, making a path where if you stand on your ground, I will see that which you're praying will come to pass. So we should be excited about that faith. We should live in expectancy And then in this point, we should have a confidence, not by might or power, but in the Holy Spirit, a confidence about our life in Jesus Christ to say, when I pray, you've heard me say this, I know God answers prayer. I know God answers prayer. I know God. I know God answers my prayer. The book of Acts, when the church was established, it says signs and wonders were part of the everyday church. In Acts 5, 12, the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders among the Peter, uh, people, but to the degree that Peter's shadow walking down the street, they brought him out the side of the street, his shadow touched them, they were healed by the grace of God. Was that for Peter's glory? No, it was the power of Almighty God. What, what did that mean? A shadow flowing through the life of one individual. Who do you say that I am? He said to Peter, remember? And that's the question. Who do, who do you say that God is in your life? Who do the people where you work believe that you are? Who do your grandchildren? Do they still come to you and say, hey, Graham, I need prayer. I, I just need you to pray. 
Have you trained them? Your great grand, are you training them? Hey, come here to me. I'll pray for you. I'll believe God for you. God will answer prayer. You need to know, take advantage of those opportunities. He's still alive in his power and his authority. Say the word for your authority. He says, listen, if you, if you say the word for your authority, my servant cannot remain sick anymore. He will be healed. So number three, <coughs> are you willing to reveal your faith? I promise you, the nasty, lying devil is not ashamed to get on awards programs, to get in the news, and say what they believe that only honors and glorifies Satan and sin and hell. <coughs> and Satan has no power compared to the power of Jesus Christ. But who will state that? Who will say that? May we offer a prayer over this situation? Jesus said to the centurion, go and it'll be done just as you believed it would. That's huge. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Jesus said when he saw the centurion's faith, go, it will be done. Why? Just as you believed. Just as you believed. Boy, that's huge. Just as you believe. So we do have a part in the manifestation of the miracle. Just as you believed. Do you know what will happen? You pray. You take a moment to have the opportunity to pray for someone at their time of need. If it's in a restaurant, it, wherever it is. And you just reach out and just whisper a prayer. And believe God for that. Here's what will happen. They will, they will log that in their mental mind that that's when it prayed. And when that prayer, manifestation, the answer comes back, they will say, it was right there. That was right there when I prayed that God answered. Or when so-and-so prayed for me, God answered the prayer. All under this carpet. Before we laid the carpet, we had a night in which we had people take chalk, and wrote down on the concrete miracles that had transformed. Believing God, stating God, claiming unsafe family members, putting Scripture all over the concrete here. It's all over here. We buried a Bible right here where I stand. You say, well, that's just elementary. Well, I can truly say, my friend, I'm standing on the Word of God. It's down there in all that concrete. How many understand what I'm saying? But here's what I do know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time that we reveal our faith and it not be fickle, it not be weak, and it is not one created with fear that we reveal who we are as believers and then we live out our faith. We live out our faith. You don't go out of town and you have a behavior in town and go out of town and have another behavior. It's contrary to God, contrary to holiness. Come on, y'all. I'm doing a little yard talk here, a little yard preaching. Amen? We are who we are no matter what geographic location we are. That same anointing flows through us, and it flows better when the vessel is ready to be used by Almighty God. 
Nobody ought to tell you what you need to do as a professing believer. You ought to get your act together and say, I know what I'm doing is not according to God's divine will. I'm hit and miss here and there. It's time you woke up, nailed it down, and began to live right in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't live on the edge. Don't live on the edge. Be all in. Why? Because there may come a time when you need to pray for someone that you really, really do love. And you sure don't want the devil playing mind games with you. What in the world are you doing trying to pray? You ain't nothing but a sorry, no good for nothing sinner that's a fake and hypocrite. And you think you're about to pray? Enough said. It is the action of the believer exercising the Word of God according to God's promise. I want to encourage you, look for the opportunity. Some of you I've watched grow into that. I want to encourage you to not be afraid to state that prayer or be ashamed. And then in your heart of hearts, don't let the devil put you into a corner because maybe you haven't received the answer to that prayer, or they were not healed. There have been many, many, many times. The first baby I ever prayed for, we're doing video and video coverage and and stuff for the 50th anniversary, and we're going to show you the video of churches that we pastored, and we've been there, videotape. But I was telling the guys that were with us, that's the first baby I ever prayed for. You know the story. Most of you do. Saturday night, it was raining. The couple who had adopted a baby and waited for 10 years to try to have a child, or try, trying to have a child for 10 years, nothing happening. But finally, they adopted a baby boy. I don't know if you understand how important a baby boy or a baby is, period, for a couple who's been trying to have a child for 10 years. It's like we don't want anything to get close to this child. Pastor, would you please come? I'd been praying for them for about a year to have a child, and finally we went through the adoption procedure. He's burning up with fever. I got in the car. I said, God, I've never prayed for a baby. An adopted baby they waited on. You're going to have to show up. I looked in the cabinet. Sharon had a bottle of olive oil, a big one. I didn't have one of these little discreet bottles we use around the altar here. It was a big one. I went over there and walked in. Oh, pastor, thank you so much. Please. I walked in, and they just shoved that baby in my arms. What's a logical question you ask like you know what you're doing? Uh, what's the fever now? Pastor's 104, 105. That's, that's pretty good fever. Hot dry heat. I sat down on the couch. I'm praying two different prayers. I'm praying the prayer they hear, and I'm praying the prayer they don't hear. God, 
you better please help me if you can find a way to touch this baby, Lord. All the while I'm praying in Jesus' name, give me the oil. Took the oil bottle. You can't put over that size. You can't put that finger over it. It's going to drip, drip down the back of that baby's head. Prayed. I'm telling you the truth. In five minutes, that baby sweat, that fever, that blanket was wet. That baby began to cry. And I thought, Jesus, there's just something about that name. You did it again. Can I encourage you to have those moments? May I encourage you to stand in the presence of the Holy Spirit and say, God, if you'll just speak. That you stand in the face of the enemy and said, you've created fear in me, and I just haven't really taken it seriously. But now I'm claiming my promise as a believer that I have the authority in Jesus' name to pray. And it will be done. Amen? So we're going to pray. They asked me this morning, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to do tonight? I said, hey, I want to get, I want to get the cards again. I, because I know that when you lay your hands on one of those cards, it just may be the moment. Amen? Might be the moment that you pray. If you touch that card, you read it, you touch it, say, God, I am, I'm, I'm no one. But I believe this card right here represents a need, and you care about the needs of your people. I ran across some the other night, last Wednesday night, from VCA, some of the students. And I thought, wow, some of those precious little students praying for mommies and daddies that are divorced or separated, uncles and aunts that are just broken and filled with cancer. I thought, and those, little, those kids... K through 12, putting those needs down, said, pray over them. Hey, where else are they going to go to? Amen? Amen? Where else are they going to go to Supreme Court justice and say, oh, I'd like to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, y'all pray over this. Don't even count on it. But we have right here, right now, this moment for us to activate our faith and say, God, I believe. Amen? Let's bow our heads just in case you're here. And maybe your heart, of those of you that are listening, your life is not in line with the Lord. So let's pray this prayer. Would you repeat it after me? Here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I am sorry. I'm sorry. I need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. And, I repent. and I repent. I have received, I received many, favors many favors and many gifts and, many gifts and much, covering much covering over me and my family. Over me and, my family. And, Lord Jesus, and Lord Jesus, I haven't kept my part, kept my part. up with you. So forgive, me. so forgive me. Let my life, Let my life begin, to show the power begin to show the power of your redemptive force. Of your redemptive force. I will walk with you and not be ashamed of you. And I am through, I'm through with my excuses. With my excuses. Right, now, right now, I commit to you. I, commit to you. I will be a woman of God. I will be a man of God. I am a child of God, and I claim the promises that you have given to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
What do you say we come and get the cards? If you have to leave, you're certainly welcome. I will give an ending prayer and an ending song in about 10 or 12 minutes. But if you get some of these cards and take them back to your seat or find a place here, and when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, just pray like it's going to be answered in Jesus' name.